0: Hey, what's going on everybody? This is David Greenspan with the Mindshare podcast. This is episode number two. I am uh, really pumped about this episode. Uh, actually, I want to get into a topic that I believe is real important to everybody and I think that um, when it comes down to figuring out your marketing plan, figuring out your marketing budget, figuring out where you're going to spend your money, you know, what are you going to be doing even for, for uh, you know, moving forward? How are you going to be more successful? This is one of those episodes that's really gonna give you some some realities into what you should be doing. And I talk a lot about, you know, delivering the right message across the right channel to the right audience. And so many people have this stigma around certain channels or certain ways of doing business or getting business or get or marketing themselves in business. And, you know well, here, I mean like as I watch the real estate roller coaster marketing ideas spew out the next big thing. I'm also watching how the industry is flocking and drove and following like sheep to tap into the new technology to help build their business. It's really important to state right now though, there is no magic pill. There is no secret answer. Instead, it's all about hard work, dedication, and perseverance. So I'm always telling people, do what works for you, not what the industry says works. Not what your colleagues next to you or down the hall are doing. For example, are you on social media? I mean truly on it. Are you scrolling every day? Are you posting content? Are you engaging with other people's posts? Are you liking and commenting on things you see? Or do you just have an account? Are you what we call a social media stalker? Did you create a business page because that's been the thing over the past few years? Or did, did you get a group going? Uh, you know, Did you do it with strategy in mind? Are you aware of the challenges facing your business page? Are you aware of where the, the industry is going for marketing? What else is out there that you could be doing? And what are you doing to manage it all? I mean, did you sign up for the web leads? Because it sounded so easy. Just pay this company between, I don't know, 400 to $2,500 a month, and they'll just deliver your business. Or how about video? All the craze today is about video, and we're getting into this whole craze about voice marketing, which obviously we're doing right here. But you got to do video. you got to make sure you do video. You need to incorporate video because it's the new thing. And if you don't do video, well, it, it, even if you do video, the business will just start flowing. And if you're not doing video, well, the business isn't going to flow. Yeah, just like blogging was so crucial to your business like 10 years ago. It's going to change your entire world. Ha! Did you blog? And if so, did you read anyone else's blog? If you didn't read theirs, who do you think was reading yours? Were you one of those sort of People who try to hire a stranger to blog for you—do you realize that serves no purpose? Same thing with social; it serves no purpose. Hiring somebody to do it for you doesn't make sense. Not only do people not care what you have to say most of the time, but more to it, people don't have time to read it all. People barely have time for much anymore in life. It seems as, if this, as you know, as as if this world is moving so fast. We've all picked up our pace. Our attention span is limited and nobody's really taking it all in anymore. It's just more a matter of, well, like what I call trying to build some mindshare. And back to video, if you don't like being in front of a camera, I'm not suggesting not to give it a try, but how long are you willing to take to try and master that skill? And then once you do and you are comfortable, let's call it what it is. Do you believe that your first or even your 10th video is all of a sudden going to make you rich? Look, this is why I'm going on this rant today, or this, this, uh, this little educational forum, whatever we want to call it. <laughs> the reality is, like I said off the top, there are only seven ways to communicate with people. And the point is, there are a ton of gimmicks out there. You can go and figure out how to market yourself in this game. You can go and buy the bright new bright shiny object. You can, you, can, uh, you know, things are changing every 18 months. Like, what are you doing to stay on top of it? And are you just chasing or are you truly planning? Do you truly have a strategy in place? So what do you do? What should you use to get out there and, and build that mind share? Well, again, only seven ways to communicate with another human being. Seven, that's it. And I'm going to challenge everybody listening to this today. I'm going to challenge you to think about an eighth. And I'm purposely, I am purposely leaving radio and television out of this. But I challenge you to think about an eighth. I've said this more times than I can remember on phone calls, in meetings, on stage in front of huge audiences, and no one has yet to come up with an eighth way to communicate. So let's break down the seven. Let's highlight not only the channel, but also the reason we use this channel and how to use it properly, okay? Feel free to take notes on this. Write this one down. Uh, if you're in your car and you're listening to this, uh, just internalize it. Maybe you're out for a jog. But I really want you to internalize all of this. This is important because once you understand this, and I come back to this idea of uh, delivering the right message across the right channel. Once you completely understand that there are only so many channels out there, and it is so important to use all of them to get your message across. And there's a mix here. There's what we call active And there's what we call passive communication. Active communication is actually going to cover off the first three ways I'm about to tell you about. Active communication is that one where you are actually physically involved. You are actually physically doing something. You're making the call. You're sending the message. You're, you're, you're going to see people. That's you being active. And then we go what's called passive touch points and Passive touch points are those ones that, while well, they happen in the background while you're not around. They support your active touch points the same way your active touch points are supporting your passive touch points. So they all go hand in hand together, but you can't just do one without the other. This is like doing a peanut butter sandwich without putting the jelly. <laughs> However you want to break that one down so speaking of break it down let's break it down let's go into this let me let me explain to you what uh, what these seven ways are and not only what they are but the reason we use the channel and how to use it properly okay the first way to communicate with another human being the first way and guys you're gonna be blown away about how brilliant all of this stuff is <laughs> the first way is what we call in person this is you. This is you actually going out and meeting with people, seeing people, going for coffee with people, taking people for lunch, treating them to dinner, uh, seeing them at the hockey rink, doing client appreciation events. This is you physically being present with another person or many different people. You can't hire someone to do this. You can't hire someone to do this for you, right? Yeah, real estate is a relationship business. You need to be the one going to see these people. You need to be the one that that is there, physically present. Remember something. When I first started to work with you or I committed to you and I said, you know, you're going to be the one that lists my home. or you are going to help be the one that helps me buy my new dream home? It's you. We were together. We were physically present with each other. There was a relationship built. Now, when you go see these people and you're doing these little things and and we've heard of, uh, you know, again, the events or going to see people, lunches, dinner, Popeyes, whatever you want to call this. When you're with people, do not sell. Do not, do not, do not sell. No one likes to be sold. We can smell the salesperson from a mile away. If all you do is talk real estate every single time you're with people, at some point when you're walking through that coffee shop and someone you know sees you, they're going to run and hide. Uh Uh-oh, here comes the salesperson again. They're going to try to sell my house. If you do that, bye-bye like you factor. They may know you, maybe even trust you, but they simply won't like you unless, unless you are in a business meeting when physically present with people, just be you. Have fun. Be a friend, not a salesperson. Again, nobody wants to be sold. Everybody just wants to have a relationship. Everybody just wants to talk. And I just did a presentation the other day on uh, on a virtual conference called Marketing Interrupt put on by a good friend of mine named Jason Frazier. And we talked about on there what I call the path of least resistance. And I'll tell you more about that another time. But the idea around that is to make it easy for people to communicate. And when you've got a relationship with people, it starts to make it easy to communicate. There's none of that formal, hi, how are you? How are things? Let's talk about the birds and the bees. It is a real simple, easy conversation together. The second way, by phone. This is the second way to communicate with people. And most people hate making those phone calls. In fact, in fact, let me rewind on that. A lot of people like to make the phone call, but they're going to do the cold call. They're going to set up some auto dialer. They're going to start making cold calls to a whole bunch of random strangers. And at some point, they're going to just, well, what I would say is they're going to be working a hell of a lot harder, spending a lot more money, spending a lot more time trying to convert complete strangers. That's okay if you're doing that. As long as you've got an actual plan for the fact that you're going to take those people and you're going to feed them into your database, remembering seventy to ninety percent of your business comes from people you know. I'll argue that ninety-nine percent of you guys, all of you, uh, realtors, mortgage brokers, entrepreneurs—you know—we all see seventy to ninety percent of our business from people we know. And people we know doesn't mean these are people that come to our house and have dinner. These could be people that we did find through a cold call, we did find through gen uh, online, through Facebook, through through you know prospecting methods. But throughout that process, we've got to take these people, we've got to put them into a database, and we got to know how to stay in touch with them on a regular basis. And so now, what we're doing is we're taking them to be from a, a complete stranger, we're moving them into the actual database, the CRM, and now we're starting to implement our ten-year plan. We're starting to put in the uh, the the. I don't want to call it automation, but the automation of the active and passive touch points. And when I say that, I mean the automation from the passive, this is stuff that, yeah, it's going to go out automatically, but the automation of the active, this is where it's reminding you to do these things. So when we look at the cold call, that's one way to use the phone. But what most people shy away from is actually doing the warm call and I'll encourage you those warm calls to people, you know, rather than cold calls to complete strangers, they're going to net you a much, ROI, uh, 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 much higher ROI. And so most people say, well, Dave, I really don't know what to say. I have no idea. What am I going to say to these people? Oh my God, it's been so long. Here, how about this? Call them up and say hello. See how the family's doing. Catch up about a, about a recent vacation. Talk about the local sports team, last night's game. Ask for advice on something. Just have a conversation stop making it so hard to pick up the phone. So so many people speak that I speak with are, are, are always you know confusing this whole thing. Oh, but I have no time. Oh, I don't know what to say. Oh, this, oh, that. And there's so many excuses. And typically, this is because all they want to do is try and sell something to people. And it's just so much easier to call a complete stranger and, 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 and like act like a telemarketer. Again, this leads to you working harder. When you call people you know, you extend on relationship. It's the tiny little things we do with the people we know that builds and nurtures the relationships. You should have a strategy around this, or who are you going to call, how often are you going to call them. By being strategic every once in a while, you will, because of your relationship, be allowed to have a business conversation. The best part is, as you develop and nurture relationship, You're making it easier for those people. And I just said to you about the path of least resistance. What are you doing to make it easy? But you're making it easier for those people to call you when they have even the smallest question about, for example, real estate. For this channel, you cannot hire anyone to do this for you. Schedule the call. Make the notes. Write down everything you talked about. Then move these people ahead in your calendar three to five months Create what I call predictable days with income-producing activities. This is, again, you having a plan for how you're going to get back in touch with people. How are you going to implement these active touch points? And I said a few minutes ago about automation, right? Automating the active touch points, automating the passive touch points. By automating in your CRM the reminder of when you're supposed to do the active touch points. Well, now you got this thing on lockdown. You got these relationships with a, a big steel chain wrapped around them that nobody wants to leave, but nobody can get out of. It's it's you've done it so well because you're using a multi channel approach. You're not just isolating yourself to technology and per se, you know, doing a a, a chat bot. Nothing wrong with bots, but they gotta be used properly. Things need to be strategic. There's got to be support around it all. One has to help the other. So number three, text message. If I wanted to invite you for coffee, possibly lunch, maybe dinner, I could easily text you. If I had a quick question, I would text you. However, if I wanted to share stats about the market or give you some sort of news update or even insights, a text message is just not the right channel. Have you guys ever received a marketing message via text? Didn't it feel somewhat intrusive as if why are you marketing to me by text message? This is my personal cell phone. I mean, I don't give out my cell to just anybody or just any random company. It's meant for friends and family and close clients to get in touch with us. How'd you even get my number? (laughs) As a text message, it's meant to be personal. It's a personal channel to communicate with short messages. Yes, you should be using this channel to communicate. But you should not be selling through this channel. And again, you cannot hire, or you cannot and should not hire anyone to do this for you. I was with, um, so with a friend of mine not too long ago at a conference. We were speaking, at. well, a friend, a colleague, I guess you could say, he became a friend, and he started showing me this uh, this really awesome um, platform uh, that he created uh, with chatbots and AI. And so he says, "Look here, just you know, send a send this send a text message this number." And it'll reply. And I thought, okay, cool. Let's see what happens here. So I sent off a text message and I, I, you know, I punched something in and all of a sudden I get this response back and it was real short, real sweet, seemed kind of genuine, but here I am kind of going, yeah, let me see if I can mess with this system. And he's sitting right next to me in, uh, in an Uber on the way to a restaurant. So I try to mess with the thing and instead of responding what it wants me to respond or giving it, you know, any, uh, any of the answers it was looking for, I decided to respond with something else. And I asked the question, how much? And this thing was intuitive enough to get back to me in a way with a real genuine answer on it. And the cool thing was, I asked him at the time, I said, can you see this conversation going on? And he pulls up his phone, and he goes, look. And there was my entire conversation. He was watching me converse with his chatbot. And he said, Dave, I could jump into this thing anytime I want. I said, wow. So the reason I brought that up is, I thought that was very cool. Um... I'm, I'm the first guy to tell you nobody wants to be friends with your robot, okay? Nobody. My relationship is not with your robot. Uh, it's not with your ISA. It's not with anybody else. It's with you. And for me, I want you. We're not some big major corporation where there's layers and layers and layers of hundreds or thousands of employees where you just know you're going to get somebody different. No, 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 no. This is the biggest investment of my entire life. And if I chose you, I want you. That might come with an amazing team, just like if you come and work with me in any capacity. I've got an amazing team, luckily. But I want you. You want me. It's the human being thing. So at some point, if you're going to implement any type of automation to a text message process, remember, it is meant for personal one-to-one communication. It is not meant for that mass marketing, that uh, impersonal way of communicating with people. Okay. Number four. Sorry, I had to get a nice sip of my coffee. Got this awesome thermos my wife bought me from Starbucks. I didn't like the color at first. It was this awkward-looking green. Uh, But I got to tell you, I can pour a coffee at 7 o'clock in the morning, and this thing is still hot by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You could sip coffee all day. (laughs) Anyways, uh, let me move on from that. So here, we talked about the first three, and those first three we just talked about were uh, in-person, by phone, and text message. And those are what we call, again, the active touch points. These are the things you should not be hiring anybody to do. These are the things you should definitely be involved in doing at all times. This is what makes you real. But now, you cannot be everywhere all of the time. At the same time, I'll tell you that Mindshare definitely puts you in the right place at the right time. So the idea is to be consistent about what you do, to continue to build that mindset on a regular basis across all the different channels so that you have a higher chance of, yeah, being in the right place at the right time. Let's look at number four here. Number four, direct mail. Ah, the stigma around snail mail. Paper is dead. No one uses paper anymore. Marketing by paper? It's expensive. Hard to track. There are a ton of stigmas around the use of paper, and if you get up and hug a tree every morning, I can understand why you don't use paper. All that said, did you know that 76% of millennials in the United States see paper as more trustworthy for marketing than electronic channels? Do you know why? Because it is too easy to get duped into a scam or a virus through electronic messaging those links, those attachments, paper does not pose that same risk. Furthermore, when you think of real estate, paper is in fact the only method of marketing that actually connects with somebody's home. Think about this. When you send me an email or a text or you call me or even connect on social media, I get all of your messages through my one device and I can literally be anywhere in the entire world this does not necessarily connect you to my home. Instead, when I receive that paper in my mailbox, I am definitely at home. What starts to happen is that you begin to subconsciously connect yourself with my home. When I'm at home, I see you. When I think about my home, I think of you. We are always so concerned with developing the relationship with the person that we often forget about the disregard of the actual home. Now, I know you're thinking, what's this guy talking about? Connect the home, build a relationship with the home. <laughs> the, the, the home doesn't have feelings. It doesn't know I'm connecting with it. And yeah, listen, I agree with you. The actual home has no idea. However, by you focusing on their home, sending mail, Updating with the list in the spring of the top landscapers in the area, or top snow removal companies for the winter, or even delivering grass seed or yard bags, you are developing a conscious connection with the physical home. The homeowner's thinking about you when they think about their home. You're building the mind share. Every time they think of their home, they think of you. When it comes time to buying, selling, or even referring, for some reason you're the first one they think of. This direct mail channel is the opposite to the in-person or the call or the text. And this isn't going to be used to to quickly ask a question or invite someone for dinner. Instead, it's going to be used to deliver a calendar for their home. Marketing content about the community and the market around them. An informative piece of value that you're adding This information to them so that they can be out there while they're watering the grass, walking the dog, shoving the snow, whatever they're doing. And they can talk to a neighbor and say, yeah, my realtor. And the best part is you're not there when this lands. So they don't feel as if you're this pushy salesperson. This channel, you can hire someone to help you with. Again, remember, paper delivers the business message while you're not there and consciously connects you to their home. Now, number five, speaking of direct mail, let's get into email. Again, if you wake up and hug a tree every morning, I can understand having an e-only strategy, but if, if, if you're e-only because it's cheap and cheery, then you're truly missing out on the value of a cross-channel approach. Once again, they say. And boy, am I still trying to figure out who the hell they are. But they say we receive over 120 emails per day. And I'm telling you now, I think I get way more than that. However, they also say that almost 50% of what we receive is spam. Not to mention the amount of email we don't see because of all of our layers of spam filters. In fact, I know I do. And I'm willing to bet this is the same for you. I get more spam in my inbox. Seriously, I get more spam in my inbox than I receive junk mail to my actual mailbox at home. There is simply too much email. And overall, electronic messaging being sent and received every day, it's just too much to possibly even stay on top of. Like it's amazing. We do all these campaigns all the time and I'm always going out and, you know, when we do a campaign, this is what I'm talking about, with the cross-channel marketing strategy, part of our campaigns involve direct mail, part of it involves email, part of it involves the web with lead gen and landing pages and and, and social media ads on Facebook and Instagram and, and Google. And part of it involves a call campaign. You have to do the call, right? And I just went off about that a few minutes ago. You have to do the call. And so when we're doing that phone call and literally you're calling people up and you're saying, hey, Judy, it's David or it's Tom or it's Mike or whoever. Hey, it's me. Just wanted to call up and say hi. Wondering if you've seen the emails we sent you about, and I'll tell you today, right now, this just happens to be, about the Mindshare Challenge. And people will literally say, oh yeah, you know, I saw something about that, but I haven't really had a moment to read it. And you start to chuckle and you go, <laughs> I know, that's why I'm calling you. We wanted to let you know that this is happening. We wanted to bring your attention to it and we're hoping you'll circle back and you'll look at it. So again, we're using email in a way to support our other messaging and at the same time fully understanding that most people don't read all the email they get because there's simply too much out there. That said, email is also a non-intrusive way to share marketing information. Again, you're not physically present when that message is received. Also, realistically, people can easily unsubscribe if they really want to. Use email. Use it the right way. This one, you can also hire somebody to help you. Now, number six. Many of us, this is our favorite. We love this channel, but there are many people that just don't even come close to using it properly. Number six is social media. Be all over social media. You need to be everywhere. Everyone's on social, and if you're not, well, you're going to be lost, and you will lose And I say there is a huge sense of validity around that statement to being on social media. Like, you have to be there. There are over 2 billion people on Facebook. That said, social media is a social media. It is not a business media. We do not go to social media to buy anything. We're there to connect with people, to be entertained, to learn something, and purely out of habit. We are not there to buy anything. And it's funny, I love it, Uh, when I'm on stage and I, I can literally go out to the audience and say, does anybody here remember the BlackBerry? And you get a lot of, well, depending on the age bracket, but you get a lot of people that begin to chuckle and put up their hands, and oh yeah, I remember the BlackBerry, and then you ask that question, and for those of you listening, maybe some of you have, and maybe there's a lot of you that are going, what's this guy talking about? But there used to be a game on BlackBerry called Brick Breaker. And this was where you had this little scroll ball on the BlackBerry, and, and the ball would come, and you'd have to move this, this little paddle at the bottom so that the ball wouldn't drop below. And when the ball hit the paddle, it would uh, it would go up, and it would you know break some bricks. And then you know you pass that level, and you get onto the next level. And then you know once you pass the whole game, and I mean you're getting points the whole way through. Well, then it restarts and it goes faster. Now, it was addictive. And that's really the bottom line to this. Brick Breaker was addictive. And so when you ask the question, you say to people, do you, you know, do you remember the Blackberry? Yeah. Do you remember Brick Breaker? Yeah. Do you remember why you used to play Brick Breaker? And most people kind of just chuckle, and nobody really has a good answer. And I'll tell you, it's because it was just bottom line, it was habit. It was addictive. Half the time we didn't even know we were there. And this is exactly the same thing with social media. Most people, half the time, don't even realize they're on Facebook. They're just literally, their fingers go to the the app, and they click the app, and it opens up, and they just start to scroll. Click, 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 like, like, like. Well, most people, a lot of people, don't click, click, click. They don't like, like, like. They just scroll, scroll, scroll. Again, they are that social media stalker. But remembering something, there's a way to use social media, and and. I mean, if I was going to get into that one today, we're going to be here for hours. But to keep it in in, in the context of what we're talking about today with the seven ways to communicate, social media being social media, you really need to understand what you're doing. And I mean, in comes the business page here, right? And I mean, there's so much chatter around the validity of the business pages, whether people should be using them or is anybody looking at them? Facebook started as an online yearbook. Then us businesses took over, and long story short, Facebook decided to go back to the roots, and they've set up the whole thing to only promote your business page to maybe between 2 to 5% of your followers. That's it. So, like, nobody's seeing this stuff. It's brutal. If you had 100 followers, you're getting, like, 2 to 5 people seeing your stuff. So, how do you get the content on your page to be seen? Well, This is where paying for social media comes into the mix. You need to pay to sponsor your post. But that's all you're really paying for is to sponsor your posts. You still need to come up with the content and it needs to be good content, which means it's going to take you time, effort, and possibly a little bit of money. You know, the type of value add stuff. Not just your listing and the next listing and then an open house. Like unless I'm shopping for a house, and I happen to maybe know you, then your sponsored post that you spent money on still really does nothing for me. And when you analyze this properly, uh, using the AMH theorem, you're talking to the wrong audience, right? Because when you're spending money on Facebook, you're not even, I mean, you can target people, you know, but the reality is you're trying to go after some geographic neighborhood. You're trying to sort of target a certain audience. Uh, What are you doing? Seventy to ninety percent of your business come from people you know. Why are we spending so much money on the audience we don't know? And again, I'm not saying don't do it, but do it wisely. What are you doing to support those efforts? If you're gonna put out that social media ad, what are they going to? Is there a link on that ad to get to a landing page? Is there a website? Is there a lead magnet on that site? For example, an ebook that you might have written and then got published and then posted so that people could download it so you could possibly get their information. And then once you get their information, the reality, what are you doing with that? Where is it going? So this begs the question as to the validity of even spending your time with that business page. I mean, I could go on and on and on about social media, and I will. So stay tuned. The bottom line, though, is that this is a free platform. It is free to connect with people. It is free to to post stuff. It is free to share content. It is free to steal content. I mean, everything about social media is free except For when you want to spend a little bit of money on ads. The bottom line, though, is that you, yourself, and you need to be involved in social media. You should not be hiring anybody to do it for you. Zip zero. If you're doing a great job with social and you're already very, very active in your organic posting, you're going through and you're commenting all the time, you're liking all the time, and by the way, don't just hit like, hit love, hit haha. do something a little bit more emotional. Uh, Facebook knows you're just kind of stalking when you're clicking the like button, but if you actually put a, uh, um, a different type of emotion there and they've given you options, if you actually put a comment on there, which why wouldn't you comment, get engaged in the conversation, that's where you're going to even start to rank higher on social. So if you're doing all of that stuff and you're doing it well, and now you want to spend a few bucks on social, well, now there's a strategy. And if you don't know how to spend that money, there's some amazing people, and reach out to me, and I'll connect you with some of those people, and they'll help you with that. But you got to have the first part of the game locked down, guys. You can't just go after this stuff and expect, oh, I'm going to change my world by spending a few bucks. We are overloaded. So that brings us to our seventh way. Our seventh way of communicating with people. I'm going to ta- call this in an overall online marketing. And by the way, in my sixth way, when I talk social media, I really do incorporate the uh, the concept around video to that. So I'm not isolating to just social. I would, I would argue that video has a role in that whole social media world, that whole social media game. And so much like this number seven, this online marketing, I'm going to loop stuff like websites, uh, landing pages, um, the different types of marketing. Even voice marketing right here into this little, um, I guess, into this way, this channel, this way of communication. So online marketing encompasses your website, SEO, remarketing, retargeting, in-marketing, landing pages, voice marketing, essentially trying to find strangers on the web. This stuff is expensive. Now, again... In those, I will say that the voice marketing part of it, if you do it right, if you've got the content, that's where your time and your expense is going to come in okay? because it really comes back to time. But there's some awesome platforms out there that will let you really get your voice marketing to the next level for low cost, which is good. But on the overall, when we talk about going after an online marketing strategy and we're using um, Google ads and nothing against Google, love Google. um, But when we're using this SEO, remarketing, retargeting, in-marketing, all these different ways of, of really getting our ads out there in front of people, that stuff costs money. And so my question to you is like, how much money do you truly have that you can afford to spend all of this money on strangers? I probably just asked that a moment ago with social media. And if you're using the strategy to get the leads, what are you doing to convert those leads? And how hard are you working for it all? It's one thing to spend money to get leads. It's another thing to actually convert them. Here, let me give you an example for something or or bring your attention to something maybe. I don't know. People will go to your site for literally only two reasons. That's it. They're going there for two reasons. Number one, they're going to your site because you have a listing that they're interested in. Okay, so you've advertised a listing, you got something up on the MLS or wherever it might be and and people see it. They see the house. It's not just about you. It's not about your logo. It's not about the tagline. It's not about the the, the way you laid out the the, the advertisement. They see the house. They're interested in the house. They want to know more. Now they're reaching out to you. The second way... Is because your marketing drove them there, which means you need to have a marketing plan. You need to know your budget and you need to have a cross-channel strategy because if your website was the only thing you had, then how are people going to know that it exists? Remember, your website is simply a validator. People go there after you've met to validate who you are. And again, the meeting could be the listing they saw of you. Now they may go there to your site. Maybe they saw you at the coffee shop or or at the local uh, mall and you were doing some advertising, whatever it be. Maybe now they might go. But let's be real. They're not shopping for their mortgage there. They might look at the listings you have, but they'll always revert back to the MLS because that's where everything is. Your website is an online business card. Yes, you need one, but just because you have one doesn't mean your world's going up and change. This channel, you should hire someone, some company to help, but make sure it's part of your strategy, not your entire strategy. Make sure very importantly, you can budget for your website and the support for the long term. Otherwise, you're not setting it up to even have a chance at working. And again, if you're going to market to people, you got to spend money. If you're going to have a lead gen going through, you got to spend money on the advertisements. Once you catch the people coming through, you've got to put them into a CRM, which means you got to spend money. Then you got to nurture them, which means you got to spend money. Then hopefully you convert them. And when you convert them, you are going to have to continue to nurture them, which means more money. So you got to budget for it all. And you got to know that it's not just about having a website. Yes, you need one. But remember, it's more of an online business card than it is a business driver. We need to have this cross-channel strategy in place. Everything and anything we do requires support. If I send a piece of direct mail, for example, I'll bookend it with an email. I'll have a Facebook ad running. We'll have a call campaign going on. We'll send one email before the mail gets to you, inform you to watch your mailbox. We'll send another email after you, you, you read the mail, hopefully, to see if you checked your mailbox. If you're gonna send flyers, get out there and door knock. If you're gonna door knock when you speak with people, get them into your CRM. Everything needs a process so you can convert more. You can't be E only. You need to make phone calls to support your strategy. You need to see people. You need to have the right mix of both the active and the passive touch points. Guys, you don't have a flashing neon open sign or a light on top of your car to call, to tell people you're open for business, right? You've got to use the right channel to deliver the right message. Repetition and consistency build mindshare. Nike, Coke, McDonald's, they never worry about how much they market to us. They simply do it repetitiously and consistently to build the mindshare. And that's why they have so much market share. Guys, there are only seven ways to communicate with people. I challenge you to come up with an eighth. I hope you enjoyed today's session on the 7 Ways to Communicate. If you did, please uh, rate me, review me, uh, let me know. Again, uh, luckily you can't throw anything at me, but uh, if it's good, bad, or ugly, I want to know about it. And if you feel that there's value here that, uh, well, colleagues of yours or friends of yours can take advantage of, please tell them about it. If you're not following me on Facebook, you can find me at MindShare101, on Instagram at DavidGreenspan101, You can visit MindShare101.com to find out more about, well, who we are, who I am, and what we're up to. Guys, I want to thank you. This has been another episode of the MindShare podcast. Thanks for listening.